I just began to throw some things around. I just began to think some things, and the Lord, I felt, was touching me and, and blessing me, and uh, I felt like the Lord gave me a word for this house at this time. And uh, there's some things that I shared a week ago, Wednesday night, if you were here in the class with us. And, you know, Wednesday night is a wonderful session of fellowship and ministry and just fun, food. It's a chance for the body to be the body. Uh, it's not a lengthy service, and, and we believe it will be a blessing if you're a part of that. I always go away with something. I always, I've received something, or God spoke something, or I saw something. And the Bible says it's beautiful when brethren dwell together in unity. So if you're not able to have it been coming on Wednesday night, make that a, make that a, try to make that work. Try to come and see what God is saying and doing. But a couple of Wednesday nights ago, I, I told this house that I'm at a place in my life where I want all God has for me. I want everything. I want every, I want every benefit. I want every blessing. I want every promise. Say that with me. Every benefit, every promise, every blessing. I'm at that age now. I went pulled through um, Arby's a few months ago and ordered. And as I ordered, I was told that my meal was about $8 and I don't know, some change. And so I pulled up to the window and uh, the girl charged me $7.20 or so. And I said, wait a minute. I, I thought it was eight forty or 8 She said, oh, you get the senior citizen discount. And so I looked at her and I said, well, sis, how old do you think I am? And I saw her scrambling, and I saw her pondering, and I, 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 I got her in the hot seat. She said, about 50. And I said, so you give senior citizen discounts to 50-year-olds? And then, I, of course, I had her obviously because I didn't look 50. I, I, I feel 50. I woke up this morning feeling 50, then looked in the mirror, and I, and I said, who's that old guy in the mirror? <laughs> who's, that, who's that guy in the mirror? But at the age of 62, I, I worked my whole life. I've worked... Uh, I've, all, all my life I've worked. I've had a lawnmower uh, business when I was 13 years old and had my own lawns and my own tools. And I've always been a tither. And I've always sowed in the kingdom. I was taught at a very young age to sow into the kingdom. But I've worked my, I've worked my whole life. And because of that, I paid in thousands of dollars to Social Security. So at the age of 62, I started drawing Social Security because that's my, that's my benefit. I've since learned that McDonald's gives free coffee to senior citizens and so now I just kind of go around looking whatever perks and whatever, whatever things are, are out there. I'm, I'm excited about that. I don't know, maybe you've never been there. Maybe none of you are, are near that age, but it's like, hey, there's some cool things out there that are, they're actually, they really are free, no strings attached. And so when I, when, I, when I look at my life right now, I'll be 65 in October. When I look at my life, man, that sounds so crazy, 65 and I think I need to sit down and preach this sermon. Uh, when, I, when I look at my life and I look at all the, all the good things and, and, and the girls and the family and, and the, the homes and all of that, and I realize God really has been good. But I ponder, have I received everything that God has for me? And, you know, I do not believe I've ever stood before any congregation ever and said, I want to share something that no one else knows. Or I want to share something that no one else is saying. I've never done that. That's, not, that's just not, been, that's not the way I've rolled. Because Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. You're not going to preach something that hasn't already been preached. But the Lord, I believe, has given me a revelation that I haven't heard anybody else share. And, and as I begin to work on this revelation, uh, the two and a half hours on the freeway, and uh, part of this revelation, I've shared with this house. What I've already shared, I will, I will be brief. I will, I, will, I will be brief. 
But in the Word of God, I believe that there are things that God has for us and things that God wants us to pursue and things that God wants us to have. And I believe if you do not pursue the things that God wants you to have and go to things that God has designed for you, if you're not careful, you'll take a shortcut or you'll settle for less. Look at somebody and say, I will not settle for less. I will not settle for less. But there are two places in our heart. There's actually three, but I'll talk about the third one at the conclusion. But there's two places, and they're almost areas of void. There are two places in our heart that God wants to feel, and only God can feel it. I think it's a God-given blessing, a God-given favor. I believe it's an eternal blessing. I believe it's eternal favor. But as you are seated in this congregation today, and as you determine where you're at and where you're going, know that there are two things that God wants you to have, and I do not believe that you can live without these things. And I believe because we have that, we have that hunger, we have that desire, we have that, 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 that uncanny feeling to hunt and seek out, and those two things that I believe that God wants you to have that only come from God, and those two things are joy, and peace. I believe that God has a place in your heart, an area where you can cultivate joy. I believe there's an area in your heart that you can cultivate peace. And I think those are God-given desires and God-given hungers. And I believe if you're not aware of that, I wrote, I wrote here on my notes that wealth without balance is dangerous and knowledge without wisdom is devastating. It would be a shame to know what the Bible says and never pursue and follow what God has for you. But in Joshua 1 and 8, Joshua is at the crossroads of his life. He has served Moses for 40 years. He has seen water flow from rocks. He's seen fire from heaven. He's seen the dead raised. He's seen all the things in that 40-year journey. Joshua, all of his friends with the exception of Caleb, have died in the wilderness. That generation that of, of doubt and moaning and groaning died in the wilderness. They never went into the promised land. But Joshua is at a place in his life where God has raised him up to take the mantle of Moses and to go into the promised land. And as Joshua is pondering that and coming up with the plan, what do I do first? How do I organize it? What, who do I bring around me to make it happen? In that time of soul searching, Joshua has a revelation and has a visitation from God. And an angel appears unto Joshua and we believe that angel was the pre-existent Christ that was Jesus before he became flesh. And Joshua had a, had a visitation, and the, the angel said one thing to him and said, Joshua, this book of the law, Moses had given them five books and two psalms, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate to do therein day and night according to all that is written therein, and then, look at somebody and say, and then thou shalt be prosperous and thou shalt have good success. The only time success is mentioned in the Bible is here. And I believe that everybody in their heart of hearts would like to be successful. Do I have an amen? I believe everybody in their heart would like to be prosperous. But I have people in my life that are not just successful, but they're prosperous and they are miserable. Greg, they're literally so unhappy. They'll spend fortunes on silly, crazy things that does not satisfy that hunger in their heart, that hunger in their spirit. 
But I believe it's God's will that everyone in this house would walk in prosperity and walk in success. And Alex, the plan that God gave Joshua said, Joshua, the word that I've given you is two things I want you to do. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to speak it. Three things, actually. And I want you to do it. Say that with me. Meditate, speak, and do. Those are the formula. Those are the ingredients for success. Joshua, you want to be successful? Do these three things. Joshua, you want to be prosperous? Do these three things. And Joshua steps into the promised land with Caleb and a generation of young people that did not get swayed by the negativity of their family, but they were excited what Joshua and Caleb had to say. I believe that many of us are at the crossroads of stepping into a new place, a new season, a new area, a place that we have never been to before. And we've got two here this morning that will begin college in the fall and this is a brand new journey for them. They've never been to college. They've never experienced that. We have some in this house that are experiencing new jobs, areas that you've not worked before. And this is a new experience. But I believe that spiritually, there's a place that God wants to take us. We can't get there by ourselves, but we have to be involved in the process. Greg, we've got to make ourselves willing and available and submissive and at a place where we would say, God, not my will, but thine be done. You know, we can do some good things on our own, but when God kisses it, when God touches it, when God just breathes on it, the acceleration, pro the acceleration process is phenomenal. You know, me alone, I can do a lot. But with God, say this with me, with God, I can do anything. Say this with me, I can do anything I set my mind to do. But in order for you to pursue the perfect plan of God, you've got to have all the tools all the essentials, all the armor, all the weaponry for you to go from this place to the next. There are things that God has for you that you need. And this is something I've shared with this house before. I, I believe in my heart of hearts, and I'm going to share some power scriptures with you this morning. I hope you write down. But I believe in my heart of hearts that when God puts that, that void in our life that, that we need joy or that void in our life that we need peace, I think about those two those two um, moments, sensations, highs, however you want to relate to that. And then I look at the world's way of trying to supply joy and peace. When you look at the drug culture and you look at the alcohol culture, there are drugs that you can put in your body that will cause one thing. There are drugs you put in your body that causes another thing. Drugs or alcohol you put in your body only, only creates two atmospheres. An atmosphere, if you look at a drunk, they're always happy. They're always laughing until they forget where they got their keys or when they walk into a wall. And you look at somebody that's shooting heroin, there's a, there's a, there's a tranquility in that, in that high. And so we, knowing in our heart of hearts there's something that we're missing, if we don't find God's joy and we don't find God's peace, then we will pursue the things of the world to try to satisfy those desires and those tastes. And that, I believe, this morning is a revelation. I've never heard that taught. I've never read it, but I believe that God gave it to me to let you know that you don't have to pursue alcohol to be happy. You don't have to pursue cocaine or meth to be happy. You don't have to pursue heroin or Valium to be mellow. Those two attributes are what God wants you to have, and God will give it to you. Yesterday, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to stay real close to my nose because I want to I be done by 12, but um, I got to thinking yesterday two things about a child. And I know that uh, when I was younger, 
I, I, it was very rare in life that mom would medicate me. That was a very rare thing. We, our, our house believed in prayer. We believed in miracles. But I can remember every once in a while taking cough syrup. I can remember every once in a while taking an aspirin. I can remember every once in a while gauze and a Band-Aid and, and Neosporin. How many can relate to that at all? And I remember there was one place in the house that we called the medicine cabinet. And in that medicine cabinet, there could have been a plethora. I, I heard on the radio yesterday, and I, I believe it's called Sleep Ease, but they have created a, a, a chemical to put in the body of a child so that a child can go to sleep. I think that's a cop-out. I think, that is a, I think that's a dangerous thing that at a very young age that you would give a child a drug to help her go to sleep or help him go to sleep. And I understand that, that melatonin is in this, but there's some things that are not natural. They're saying there are some things that are not healthy. And who would have thought this generation would try to medicate our children? And there's that medicine cabinet that as a child, Becky, I grew up to believe if I got sick or I got hurt or I got wounded, I could go to that medicine cabinet and I could be healed. And I don't know if I'm relating to anybody in this house, but when you grow up as a child and you grow up as a young person and as a young adult, knowing that if you don't feel good, you don't have to stay there. We're not a generation that likes pain. We're not a generation that tolerates pain. We're a generation that wants to deal with pain immediately. And if we can take a couple of this or a couple of that, or we can drink a couple of these or drink a couple of that, then we can medicate ourselves so that we're not sick or we're not hurt, or we're not wounded. And I believe that in the subconscious that the enemy sows a seed that says, if you want joy, go get drunk. If you want peace, go do hydros. If you want this, if you want that, this is the way you satisfy that. But that's not the way that God rolls. God said, I will give you peace. I will give you joy. I will fulfill that area in your life that is void. Yesterday, as I got in, we went to um, Courtney and Michael's house to uh, feed the dog, and, and we got out and saw the pool, and I actually had to jump in. I'm so Southern California. I can't be around water and not get wet. That is so funny. Anyway, we got in. We got, we got wet. We had fun. And so driving home, uh, Pastor Rhonda had the radio on 93.1. Now, had it been in my car, it would have been 106.5. But in Pastor Rhonda's car, it's 93.1. She never gets past the 100. She always stays under then the 93s and the 88s, the Moody Broadcasting. And what was so crazy, Chris, I promise you, as sure as I'm standing here, from, the, from our drive to, the, to their house to home was probably about 12 to 15 minutes. And this song, every song, and I remember one of them, I raise a hallelujah. I don't remember the other two. Jesus, just a mention of your name. And what was the other one? There's three, though. There were three songs that we played. Chris Schuyler is in the back seat, knows every single word, and, and is singing what is crazy, like her, like her aunt, on pitch. I mean, she had the right pitch, she had the right, and she had, she had the right words. And what I'm sad to say, two songs, I didn't know all the words. And Chris, I am blown away that this four-year-old child knows every single word of these songs and is already, at the age of four, worshiping the Lord in song. And I have a scripture that says, if you train up a child, Proverbs 22 and 6, if you train up a child in the way he should go, when he gets old, he will not depart. That word old means older. 
And here's what the word says. If you raise your children right in the house of God, learning the things of God, when they get older, they'll come back to that path. That's why Sunday school is so important. That's why it's so important. If you're not at the house every couple of t- times a week, teaching your children about Jonah and the well, teaching your children about the three Hebrew children, teaching your children about Daniel and the lion's den, then they need to be in the house of God where every week they receive a constant diet of the word of God, of the miracles of God's word. Our kids need to grow up believing that the three Hebrew children survived the fiery furnace. Our children need to grow up believing that Jesus really did walk on water. Our kids need to know that Jesus can turn the water into wine, that Jesus can raise the dead. And that's the importance of training them in the way that they should go. And I think about Courtney, I think about Christine, and I think about kids, Courtney and Christine's age, and I think about where my girls are and where other kids are. And I'm, am I being proud? Absolutely, because, Greg, I've done the right thing. I raise my kids with a love, Melissa, for the things of God, for the miracles of God, for the move of God, and their whole life they've been in church. There have been times in both of Courtney and Christine's life that I had to threaten them to go home. They wanted to stay at the church. They didn't want to go home. They wanted to live at the church. And I got to, I got to thinking about that generation. I got to thinking about Courtney. I thinking about the favor, the favor of God that's on their life. And I, I remember as a child, I was, um, I was very young, and uh, my mom was working about 30 miles away, and there wasn't any freeways at that, that time. There was no 91 freeway or 405 freeway. And so we would get in the car, and we would drive, and we would drop mom off, and she made, she made uh, curtains for uh, campers. And uh, as we would drop her off, on the way home, dad had a stack of three-by-five white cards, and one side was the lines, and the other side was blank. And dad would have a scripture on one side of the card, and then on the other side would be the actual scripture. And so my dad, driving from when he dropped my mom off to when we got back home, would memorize scriptures. And what is so crazy, at an early age, four, five, six years old, I was quoting scripture like an adult because every day I heard him say, faith without works is dead. He would say, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He would say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I remember at a very young age, I learned the word of God and got at my heart and got at my spirit. From the third grade, I started playing the trumpet on the platform. I have been involved in worship ministry since the third grade. And as I graduated from the trumpet, I went to the guitar, and then I went to the bass, and our church got a guitar player, two guitar players, so I went to the bass. We didn't have a bass, so the church bought a bass. I learned how to play it. I played bass. Then we got a bass player, so I went to the organ. I played the organ for all the weddings and funerals and during the church, and then we got an organ player, and then our piano player got mad and left, and I played the piano. And I got to thinking from the age of, of nine to the age of 18, that's all, I ever, that's all I ever knew was, was worship in the house of God and ministry in the house of God. And one of my main regrets with Christine and Courtney is that they did not grow up on the red hymnal. They did not grow up on what can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. They didn't grow up with that. I heard an old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary and saved a wretch like me. I regret they missed that, but Becky, we didn't. And those songs are embedded in our heart. And at the craziest moments of life, when it seemed like all hope is lost and the enemy has come, come across and tried to steal what God has done, all of a sudden, Greg, your, your heart is overwhelmed with what can wash away my sins? Nothing. Say that with me. Nothing but the blood 
of Jesus. And that's how you raise kids. You keep them in the house of God. You keep them around music because music is the, probably the, the, two most, the, the second most powerful influence in a child's life is, is music. The first is their parents. Their parents is their number one influence. Music is their number two influence. And we grew up in a house full of music. Pastor Ron could always sing, I never could, but thought I could. One day, when I get to heaven, I'm going to sing with Judy Jacobs and Karen Wheat and Nancy Harmon, and I'm going to sing lead and make them harmonize with me because the Bible says when I get to heaven, I'm going to get what I want. Go ahead, take a moment, reflect, because I'm not kidding. I'm going to... I'm going to sing, and they're going to cut an album in heaven. So these two things that God wants you to have. He wants you to have joy, and he wants you to have peace. In Psalm 119, 165, say, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Okay, we, we talked about the peace God gives in our heart, in our spirit, and here it says, this peace that you have you, you come to a place where you're not easily offended. Yesterday, I was in the fast lane. I was running 80, 80 some miles an hour. Some guy came up on my bumper. I figured he wants to go around. He can go around. I let him go around, and he was so pleased with that. He waved at me, the one-finger wave salute. And, Chris, there was a day, there was a day, Chris, when I would do whatever it took to pull that guy over and have words with him. I'm glad now that that didn't happen because I'm past all that. But there was a season in Pastor Rhonda's life when I was not past all that. And I had a trucker cut me off, Bailey. And I got on the radio and I confronted that trucker. And that trucker ran his mouth. And I told the trucker to pull it over. So he did. So I pulled over behind him. I was going to deal with, I was going to deal with that right there on the side of the road. And Pastor Rhonda said, if you get out of this car, I'm going to drive off and leave you. And I ain't coming back. And that's exactly what she said. So I did not get out of the car. I, I, I got back on the freeway and passed the truck. And Becky, the guy had a tire iron when he got out of the truck, had a tire iron. And had I, had I pursued that foolishness, I could have been seriously injured. Aren't you glad that Pastor Rhonda put down the word and I honored the word and she's still doing it and I'm still honoring the word and doing all that God wants me to do. Philippians 4 and 7 says this. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Ken, I want you to think about that. The peace, Leah, that passeth all understanding. And you know what? If you've never encountered a tragedy, you can't relate to that. Because there's, there's peace in knowing that you have a job. And there's peace in knowing that you have a little money. And there's peace in knowing you have a girlfriend. There's peace in all of that. But there will come storms in your life when it will be tough to find peace. One of those first storms was when my precious mother went to heaven. She was ready. She needed to. She was suffering. It was God's time to take her home, and we released her, and God took her. But for 64 years, that has probably been one of the number one influences in my life. Even later in life, I would go and sit and talk with mom for hours. And she, if you ask her what she thought, she would tell you, so never ask her what she thought but ask her questions that you want her to answer the way you want her to answer, and she would do that, Donnie. And then just right after that, uh, Kent, my best friend, uh, got cancer and died, and I went through that. We did 
everything together. We went to Alaska together. We built homes in Ventura together. We ministered together, revivals and, and crusades and traveled all over the world with him, went to Korea with him, went to Hong Kong with him, went to Tokyo, preached a conference in Tokyo where not a single person spoke English, the entire building, and, and I was there. He opened those doors for me to go, and I went. And, and when I lost him, it was like my, my heart was ripped out of my body. And then Angel went to be with the Lord. And when Angel went to be with the Lord, it, it created a void that it seemed like I, could, I couldn't feel with praise and worship. But there was a peace, Cheryl, that passeth all understanding, yes. that even though today I'm, I'm still with regrets, and I hope I always have those. I hope I always miss him. I hope always to place in my heart for him. Yes. But with, that, with all that, that I went through, it seems like, and how many knows what a buzz or a rush is? That's what they call in the drug world. Well, I got a buzz, or I got a, anybody... But as I began to deal with Angel's death, Becky, it was like a cloud. It's hard to explain. It was a cloud, and I kind of felt it just kind of go down my body, and it was the peace that passeth all understanding. And Peggy, it was something that only God could provide and only God can do. But the word says, let the peace of God rule your hearts to which you're called in your own body and be you thankful. And that's something that God has given us is that peace that no matter what storm we're going through, we know the master of the wind. We know the maker of the waves. We know he who created the moon and the tides and the storm and he can step into any storm of your life and he can speak. That's pretty good facts, all three jerks. And he, he can just say, four jerk that time, man. We, we got a move going on here, church. So he, he, he stepped in and just kind of bathed me with that peace that, you know, in, in the natural, you could convince me. I mean, a, a, a child is not supposed to die before their parents. That's just not supposed to happen. And so that you go through, walk through all of that. He was a youth pastor. He was a faithful father. He was a faithful husband. And you say, God, why? Why would you, why would you take him and then not take somebody 65, 70, 80, 90 that's living like a heath? Why, why would you? And you know what? I never got an answer for that. There was never an answer, but there was closure. There was a peace that, that Linda, that God overwhelmed me with. And I walk in that peace today, and that peace can only come from God. It can't come from a bottle. It can't come from a needle. It can't come from a stack of money. It can only come from God. And that's an area in your life, Alex, that God wants to pursue that peace. You're going to a, a challenging season in your life. You've never been here before. And the peer pressure is going to be phenomenal. And the pressure on you to perform as an athlete is going to be phenomenal. But as you step into that, you step into knowing God called me to do this. God raised me up. God blessed me. God gave me ability. And everything I do, I do for the glory of God. And when you, when you face that scrimmage and when you step out on the field, the peace of God is going to be with you. And you're going to create and do wonderful things in Jesus' name. I believe that with all of my heart. Proverbs 23 and 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we got this thing going on again with the heart and the mind where Philippians 2 and, and 15 says, and let the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. And then in Matthew 12 and 34, it said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if we are where we need to be with the Lord in that, in that season of peace, and we're thinking about him, and he's in our heart. The things that we're going to speak are not tragedy. They're not negative. They're not destruction. We're going to start speaking life. We're going to start declaring life over things that appear to be dead, 
and we're going to speak healing to things that seem to be unsolvable, and we're going to walk in the de- declaration of God that God's word, God told, Jer- God told Joshua, learn this book, speak this book, operate this book. The Bible says that with his stripes we are healed. So Cheryl, when you face that Dr. Wednesday, we, pre- we thank God for doctors. We appreciate doctors. But there's another doctor that has a higher agenda, a higher authority, and that doctor has said you will live and not die. You will not live handicapped or, or in any way, shape, or form. You can live to the fullness and enjoy life at an old age. Amen. Amen. I felt that in my spirit. I wanted to share that. And David, I wanted to share when you spoke in tongues, I, thought, I felt God say, you've called me. I'm here. You've invited me. I'm here. Don't leave this place without receiving something from me. That's what I felt when you spoke in tongues. I felt like that God was saying that. And we thank God for him speaking, speaking and restoring to us. In Isaiah 26 and 3, watch this. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And there's that, there's that mind process again. That's the, there's, that, there's that the radio turned on to 93.1. There's that Sunday school classes. There's that Wednesday night Bible study. There's that Sunday morning declaration. There's that devotion during the day that thou will keep him not just in peace, Linda, but perfect peace. And you can't beat, let me tell you something, you can't beat perfect peace. Look at someone say, you can't beat Perfect peace. There's no holes, there's no gaps, but you feel the embrace of the Holy Spirit and you know that God is in control. Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are they that are, that are thirsty, for they shall... Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The word righteousness in the Greek means right standing with God. Right standing with God. And I think every one of us want to have a right standing with God relationship. 1 Peter 1 and 8, whom having not seen you love, though see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We used to sing a song that says, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I want to dance, dance, dance. I want to jump, jump, jump. I want to shout, shout, shout. I want to, I want to sing, sing, sing. I want, I want to laugh, laugh, laugh. And, and we used to sing that song, and that was one of our favorite songs. But when you think about where Jesus brought you from to where you are today, if you could see, Peggy, where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, then you would know the reason why I love him so. You can take this world, its wealth and riches. I don't need earth gain. It's my desire to follow him. It's my desire to serve him. Why? Because I am the apple of his his eye. His hand of favor is upon me, and anything I touch is going to be blessed because that's what his word declares. Isaiah 12 and 3, Thou thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind... I'm sorry, Isaiah 12 and 3, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. And that's our testimony. Sharon, when I begin to think about, again, where I was, what I was doing how messed up I was, and I, and I reflect 38 years later, 38 years I've been, I've been in ministry serving the Lord. When I, when I look at the past 38 years and I look at the first 24 years, the last 38 years have been with joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Why? Because he took me out of the miry mess, set me on a rock, put a song in my mouth, changed everything about me, changed everything around me, and gave me a brand new start. Again, you can't go back to the beginning. You can't start over, but you can start again. That's why it's called new life. That's why it's called salvation. And when you begin to reflect where you're at today and where you're not going, hello, 
not just the benefits, but where you're not going. You're not going to hell that was created for the devil and one-third of the angels that fell, but you're going to be in a place where God's at, and before you get there, you can walk in all blessing, all favor, all purpose. That ought to excite somebody in the building that makes me want to shout, shout, shout when I think of his goodness. Jeremiah 15 and, six, Jeremiah 15 and 16 says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. How powerful is that? That God knows your name and God calls your name. And you know, I, I reflect on Courtney's life when Courtney was eight weeks old. She survived open heart surgery. She was not given a, a lot of hope and was told she'd be on medicine the rest of her life and that she wouldn't be like a a normal child, but that uh, didn't prove true. Courtney outplayed all the kids and uh, today can still uh, outpreach most of the kids. And, uh, you know, I think I watch Courtney's life and watch the favor of, of God's hand on our life. And I'm, a, I'm not giving ourselves credit, but we did raise her in the house of God. We did teach her the things of the Lord. And early in life, we taught her tithe. And early in life, we taught her offering. And we shared with her how important it was to sow into the kingdom. And now, Courtney is 33, and God has brought a precious man and Jada into her life. And you understand and know all of that. But I've watched my children. I've watched God miraculously just follow up my teaching, my ministry, and producing favor. Uh, a few months ago, Christine was invited back to Israel. Her whole way paid. And uh, she said, prayed about it, and felt like it wasn't time for her to go. As uh, before Courtney and Michael started dating, they had planned a cruise to go to, with Perry to Alaska. And they repaid their way, and they had all their tickets, and there wasn't room for Courtney. Well, you don't marry a couple, and then three months later, send the dad off, the husband off for to hello. That's just not. That ain't gonna fly, Susan. That just is not gonna fly. And uh, and so uh, we we uh, we just let it we just let it be known that that we were sorry that she couldn't go. And Pam Stone heard about it, and Pam Stone made a way for Courtney to go, opened a door for Courtney to go. And what was so crazy when Courtney and Michael went to call. To pay the $1,400, somebody, we don't know who, but if it was you, I, I got to tell you a couple of the needs that I have. Somebody paid, her, somebody paid her way, anonymously. We have no idea who. And that's the favor. If you seek him when you're a child, he's going to follow you through the steps of your childhood, through maturity, adulthood, and it's going to bless you. I believe there are people in this house that need to reap seed that they sowed a long time ago, Carmen, that they forgot about sowing. They forgot about planting. Donna, you've sowed in ministry ever since you've been with us. Some of those seeds, I believe, now God's going to bring forth and God's going to watch over it and God's going to provide it. Why? Because we've been faithful and consistent in the things that we know. Colossians 3 and 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, which is also called in one body. And here's what I want to close with. Galatians 5 and 22 said there, there are seven fruits of the Spirit, but I want to talk about the first three. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And we so misuse that word. I mean, I've never seen a generation that I love this, I love that, I love you, I, I love, I love. But, but the world's imitation for love is sex. And when you don't have God's love in your heart, there's a void. And you try to fill that void by finding someone that will love you. And unfortunately, in, in sometimes in our partner's life, that love means sex. If you have sex with me, I will love you. 
And that's not the way it rolls. God said, I love you just the way you are, and I put in your heart a love for others just the way that they are. So there's that, God, that agape love that God gives us. And then it says, the fruits of the Spirit are love, and watch this, joy and peace. Those are the three things that God wants you to have today. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed, Father, we thank you for the, that promise, and we thank you for those gifts, and we thank you that we can be at peace in the time of storm. No matter what bad report comes, there's nothing that you can't handle. And Father, we thank you for the joy that comes without a bottle, without the blue cloud of marijuana smoke, without a needle, that we don't, we don't need to pursue that to find peace, but you bring us that peace. Father, I speak to every storm in this house. I speak to every parent that's worried. I speak to every tithe payer that's struggling financially. I speak to everyone that's had a negative report attached to them. I speak to that one that's struggling with who they are and what they are in Christ Jesus. And I apply the blood of your son. And I apply the blood in every single area of our life. You said you would open a window. There's actually five windows that you bless us in our life. And we pray that all five areas of our life would be blessed. We pray that we would seek this place, not seeking fortune or fame, but we would seek this place, leave this place seeking joy and seeking peace. In Jesus' name, as every head is bowed just for a moment, if you're here this morning and you've wandered away from the Lord and you're not where you need to be and you're not out, you're not out gambling, you're not out murdering or robbing, but just in your heart, there seems to be a void, there seems to be something.